This is Paul Nobles from eatperform.com, and this is our first podcast back in a while. I did kind of do a sneak preview podcast of the Nano 6, and so um, so this isn't my first time back, but this is the first time back kind of talking about eat to perform me, fat lossy kind of stuff. And I have my um, trusty assistant, the Batman to I'm her Robin, is Sarah Kumar. Sarah, do you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. And and Sarah is actually in a Wonder Woman costume right now, just so you guys know. Um, actually, she's not. This is a, this is the one time she's not in a Wonder Woman costume <laughs> on a you client. Know, I do have documentation of you saying, "Bring on the costumes, coming back from vacation." Yeah, I, I said call. I, I said that in jest. I don't think the. No, wor- that was a green light to I me. Do, I don't I'm think the, I don't think the world is ready for this level. <laughs> of interaction so okay so for you guys you know watching on facebook and anybody listening to the podcast we're talking to charlotte charlotte is a pretty active individual i know this because um she uh she looks to be training uh, is charlotte training for a uh, triathlon because she i'm man there we go so she's 80 mile ride, 80 mile ride, followed by a four mile run. Um, <laughs> calories like a boss on that day. I love that. You know, I mean, the, the thing that, that people don't realize is that that type of energy expenditure requires a great deal of calories and especially carbohydrates. And so Charlotte had 409 carbohydrates and then 90 fats. I think one of the things, you know, when I was doing long training and not not training similar to what Charlotte does, but um, when I was doing kind of marathon type training, the one thing that I noticed was that not only did I crave carbs, but I craved fats as well. And I think that that's sort of a neglected part. And so when I did it, I would tend to have something like the Targo, but I would always have like salted um, almonds and stuff like that as well and when you think of it from just like the basic physiology standpoint you're really talking about calories right we're really talking about energy consumed as you're sort of taking it away and so um, now one of the things I am noticing um, are is there anything you know for because your protein is is fairly low um, is there a reason for that? Are you vegetarian? Talk to me a little bit about that, Charlotte. Uh, I'm just not used to eating that much protein. Okay. Um, I've been putting on some of the, you know, um, caps and that sort of thing, and I started adding the um, collagen hydrate, hydroxylate, the gelatin. Yeah, yeah. To my pre-workout. Gotcha. Um, The one thing that I would say for someone, I mean, first of all, let's kind of break down what, you know, Ironman training does, right? It's it's catabolic in nature. Now, when you're having 409 carbohydrates and you're having 90 fats, you know, that's going to really do a lot to help the the, the catabolic nature of that, that type of exercise. But at the same time, you really want to make sure that your proteins, because obviously when you're wasting away some amino acids, you want to be able to replace them as you recover. And so, um, from that perspective, you know, my my you know, I'm I'm looking at Charlotte's body fat percentage. It's kind of interesting as it relates to body fat percentage because I think most people look at triathletes and runners and stuff like this, and they tend to think that they're lower body fat than they actually are, right? Usually, um, those folks tend to set up real well, especially out of season when they start to go back into a little bit of weight training because their body's sort of set up for, you know, this kind of, um, you know, insulin sensitivity type period where you can put on muscle a fair amount. What is your uh, resistance training history, Charlotte? Try and get in three 
in a week. Yeah. I mean, do we have, I mean, so, so, you know, once again, if anybody has a Fitbit or, or anything like that, Charlotte's steps would just shock you, you know, for someone that is, you know, relatively, you know, small in stature and athlete, right? I mean, you, you don't want to be, um, super bulky as it relates to, um, and I know, you know, bulky maybe isn't the best word there, but, you know, in general, um, being smaller in stature is going to be favorable as it relates to being, um, you know, triathlete, Ironman training, Olympic type of triathlons and stuff like that. Um, how, you know, what's interesting too, is that after that monster calorie load, I mean, do you weigh yourself every day or is it kind of sporadic? What is your hydration protocol? <laughs> um, I try and take in 20 ounces um, an hour and try to stick to um, Gatorade as opposed to water. Gotcha. So one of the adjustments that, and, and you know, we would actually probably get you the video and Sarah, if you can do that, that would be helpful. Um, mm -hmm. Alex Vieta in his book, hybrid training talked about it. And I, I don't have the specifics, but, but in general for every 20 ounces of water, right. Um, you want to have somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 grams of carbohydrate. So it tends to be a little bit lower. Like as an example, if you were looking at a carbohydrate like Vitargo um, and you were to take the two scoop recommendation, you would probably not like the result, right? And my suspicion is that's what you see as well. So I would even, you know, if you're going to use Gatorade, which, you know, I don't have any problem with, um, I would still probably dilute that a little bit just because you can get a little bit of an upset stomach. Sugar in Gatorade is something that I'm not a huge fan of. I'd rather see kind of a starchier, you know, you can, Vitargo, even maltodextrin because like the thing that I think a lot of people don't factor in as it relates to hydration and you usually see this like in the CrossFit world where they'll focus a little bit more on the water piece without the carbohydrates and, um, uh, you know, electrolyte piece. And so one example that, that I, well, what I do is I will use a half a scoop of Vitargo with 20 ounces of water and then two nun tabs. And, and that's usually on any kind of, you know, 10 to 15 mile run type scenarios or something like that. So um, there might be some room for improvement there depending on how open you are to it. But honestly, if something's working, I say stick with it, right? Um, any thoughts or concerns that you're having as you're sort of moving through this? I mean, like what we normally see with somebody that's kind of new to something like this, you're obviously, you know, have a little bit more um, um, you know, in the basket than most people is you do see like these big hydration issues where they'll, you know, lose three, four five pounds, um, and then kind of have to rehydrate and always feel a little bit yucky in that recovery process. Um, um I, I stick to January mostly because it's what's offered on the course. Um, and so you know, I think I would prefer to do something a little less sugary. Um, and plus, like, this is my, I'm training for my ninth Ironman, so I'm pretty sure I'm comfortable with Gatorade. Yeah. So I might try you can. I'm not familiar with Targo. I don't know what that is. Vitargo is similar to UCAN. The difference between the two is that um, UCAN tends to be a little bit slower as it relates to absorption, and Vitargo tends to be a little bit quicker. But I think the one thing that I want you to hear more than anything is the dilution, right? 
Um, and I think that you, you'll actually see a little bit better hydration um, if you dilute it a little bit more. And, and once again, I don't have it. I know, I know what it is for me because um, I do it. It's half a scoop of Vitargo. I don't have the specifics on that right now. But as I recall, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 grams with nun tabs and water. And so whatever version of that with Gatorade, with, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, I think um, you might find that you're a little bit more recovered, a little bit more hydrated, and then ultimately, you know, responding better to it. But, you know, it just, you know, I'm a big fan of whatever works, works right so um anything that you can think of as we're walking through this because i mean i'm seeing some super low days and you know as we prescribe things for um and i don't know that prescribe describes it real well i'd probably like to see your low day not be so aggressive because I think that that's going to hurt your recovery a little bit. Um, I'd also probably want to move your fats to somewhere in like the 54 gram range and then maybe bring your low days. Um, your low days though, it, it, it's kind of interesting. I, I'd want to bring maybe the carbohydrates up to you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 175 on the days that you're really not doing much. That way you don't end up taking too much out of the tank. So then you have to sort of replace it, you know, moving forward. On that day, fats can be, uh, actually, I sort of like the fats where they are. Um, you know, what I do like is that, that you ate by feel on two of your biggest days. How do you feel that that worked for you? Um, I feel like it's pretty good. I mean, for my training, I have, I'm, I might shock you, but I'm a little bit OCD. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I've, I've trained enough that I kind of know what sort of works for me. Um, I yeah. think it's the days that I've not on a real, real high volume day that I struggle with. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm not seeing a, like yeah, I'm not seeing huge, you know, weight gains one way or the other. My concern though, is that you could be dehydrating a little bit. And then, I mean, do you feel like after some of these low days that you're a little sluggish and then it takes some, some calories and some food to kind of get there because you're, you're seeing wild swings, and I'd like to see that kind of meet in the middle somewhere. Um, yes, I, I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. And I think adjusting my pre and post seems to help. Yeah. So it's not so much during the exercise that I'm, I realize that I'm struggling with, it's the pre and post. And so I'm trying to add some protein to the pre and post and some, some calories and really some carbs because it seems like that's sort of what I'm missing. Um, yeah, I mean, I would probably agree with that, but don't discount the value of fats. So one of the things that, that you know, real super high-level athletes have that um, just your average person just doesn't have, right? I mean, the, the amount of volume that you can put in place, you know, that is not normal, right? That's not, you know, most human beings don't have that level of work capacity. So, you know, you can get away with 80 grams of fat with carbohydrates, right? Um, a lot of people would have to sort of separate them a little bit more. So as we sort of work through this, and I, I will update your plan a little bit more, um, try to give you a little bit more calories as we go. And then I'd like to see kind of the variance piece. So one of the things that, that we normally describe to people is we like to see some level of variance where they're cycling carbohydrates and fats. You don't need that as much because even on your rest days, you're still kind of using up some of the energy that you acquired from the previous days, right? So what we don't want to do is to dig too deep into the tank and then have to just eat an acute amount of food. We want you to be 
going into these high activity days. And so I will adjust things. The last thing I'm going to say on this point is that I really want to stress to you that on these, you know, 30,000 step days, 40,000 step days that you eat intuitively. That doesn't seem to be a problem, but I think that if you look at your 3,000 calorie day, a little bit of why you probably felt like this big draw wasn't just because of, of the amount of activity, but also because some of the lower days that happened three or four days previous to that. Does that make sense? anything that you need from me before we move on and i will get you numbers and stuff like that but that won't make for a real good podcast <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yes i think the, the biggest thing for me this is the steadiest my weight has ever been yeah um for this long a period of time i normally fluctuate and i and i know when it's because i'm a little bit dehydrated that sort of thing but this is the steadiest that it's been and, and I like that because I'm feeling, you know, smoother. I'm feeling like yeah. I am on days where I, you know, have lower or higher activity. I'm able to adjust better. Yeah. Um, but what I want is to bring my weight down just a little bit for racing. I know that at 127, 126, I'm at the speed that I want to be at. Mm -hmm. And that's, so I'd like to try and bring my weight down just a little bit. Yeah, well, we can we can definitely look at that. I mean, certainly, you know, we don't want to be playing with, you know, super reductions of calories because, you know, if you look at the days that you got super aggressive with calories, you didn't see any weight go down, right? In fact, it probably created more of a stress atmosphere. You have enough work, so two to three pounds, you know, the problem that you run into is the same problem that a lot of people run into. When they lose two to three pounds, it tends to be water, right? And so what you want to be doing is making sure that you're hydrated enough. I think that what we're talking about with that protocol where, where um, your, you know, your sugary drink or, or whatever you're using for carbohydrates is diluted a bit more will actually help with the hydration piece, there's no reason, as an example, that you shouldn't be able to, um, you know, drop a, a few pounds, but typically, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about two, three pounds, not a huge deal, but typically we were, we were talking about a little bit more. Uh, would you mind if I told people your weight? Cause I think it adds some perspective to the story. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Okay. It's so fine. she weighs 130 pounds, right? So we don't want her losing you know, 10 pounds as an example. If, if as an example, her goal was to lose 10 pounds for athletic reasons, um, we would do that out of season. In terms of two to three pounds, what we really want to do is just sort of find a groove where we're seeing some variance, we're kind of getting things moving, and we're seeing an overall trend down just to kind of increase, you know, athleticism overall. But in general... I think that um, the volume piece is going to kind of do that as we go. When is your big race? Um, one is October 9th, and then I'm doing another one November 17th-ish. Okay, so so we have some time, and uh, you know I will kind of keep an eye on how things are going for you. Does that sound good? All right, thanks, Charlotte. It was great talking to you. All right, so who do we have next, Sarah? So Levi is working, but he has been chomping at the bit. For Paul said he's going to get me jacked and eating thirty five hundred calories. Yeah, following my plan. Yeah, so to give people a little bit of perspective, um, when Levi started, now now just so you guys know, Levi's five ten. He is 2,200 pounds. I'm sorry, not 2,200. He's 20. He's 22 years old. Um, he's 22 years and old. Just, you know, the whole box is listening. His whole CrossFit box is listening right now. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Um, because I got some stuff to tell those people. But no, he's he's doing great. I mean, you know, he started tracking um, according to his sheet on the eighth. 
And in that time, he's lost roughly six pounds and he's lost it without being super aggressive. Most of his calories are in the 2,435 range, something like that. He's had a few kind of lowish days. And one of the things that I wanted him to do is kind of take that time, make sure that we were sort of getting down there. Um, the big thing that you always, you know, want to talk to the, the 22 year old males about is alcohol consumption and not letting that interfere with your goals. Um, and the nice thing about you, because know, with those calories, you're really not seeing a lot of benefit. What we're really like looking for for Levi is going to be. It's kind of funny because his his macros are real similar to mine. Um, um, and I'm, I'm kind of kind of frustrated at the fact that he gets more food and <laughs> and I don't. But he he works harder than I do, and so therefore he gets to have that little bit of an advantage. So um, we are going His to... His mom is texting me right now saying he doesn't drink ever. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's he, he does on the weekend, absolutely. Um, I, I'm aware. I've been to your gym. Okay. <laughs> so so we're good. Um, so what, I, what we want to do in these scenarios is kind of move him up slowly. Typically, we're going to want to move up the carbohydrates and so I would like to see his high day um, right now it's at 290 grams of carbs I'd probably like to see that move to about 340 so if you could do that that would be helpful okay. um, I'd also like to see his fats on medium and uh, uh, high days go to 75 grams okay. now in this process what we're going to be doing, and if you're not familiar with Eat to Perform, you know, our coaches are going to be monitoring the situation to see that, you know, one, he's not gaining a ton of weight. Obviously, he's lost six pounds in a couple weeks here. We want to see that general trend kind of staying the, the, you know, staying, you know, in a positive manner. One of the huge advantages that that 22-year-olds have that, you know, as old folks don't have is that they have you know, work capacity, um, you know, advantages that, you know, um, you sort of lose. Yeah, I like the idea of putting it at 74. Um, yeah. I also kind of want to have, um, I want to have his, his fats on low days at 86. Um, I also want to bump the carbs to somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 275. And so what Levi will do in that situation, so basically there's a high, medium, and low day. And kind of the, the easiest way to describe what we're sort of putting out to people is you want to get in as much carbs, as much energy um, while staying weight stable, and then having kind of these medium and low days to use as the toggle. But then you go, well, you know, here's an athlete, he's 5'10", He's 207 pounds. How do you get him to lose weight in that scenario? And the answer is work, right? So Levi, you know, is actually, you know, a pretty, uh, you know, isn't for a job. He's He's got a really super active job, right? Yeah, super. He's a, um, she does HVAC. But he's, you know, out and about all the time. Yeah. And outside a lot. Yeah. Um, and so I'd like. He's not I'd like to move his rest day calories to, to 175, and we want to monitor this. But the one thing that I, I definitely um, want him to focus on, you know, is now it's work time, right? You know, when you're in a cutting cycle, you're naturally going to have a little bit less in, in, um, energy. And when you start to add some of these these calories, because you know we pretty much added on every single day, right? So yeah. now it's up to him to kind of put in that work. Now you will naturally have more energy. You'll naturally, you know, get up more. You'll naturally walk around more, and so that will contribute to calorie burn overall. Should sleep well. Should recover better, right? So all those things tend to be favorable. So 
one of the things that I said to Levi in our conversations privately was that I was going to get him to 3500 get him get him Jack. Well, you don't do that from going. He tells everybody that, just so you know. Well, yeah, I mean, what you what you. Uncle said he's give me Jack to 3500 calories. We're going to do like a reverse Taylor Jackson for him, right? So Taylor, yeah, Taylor went from 160 to, to 195 and got jacked. And so from Levi's standpoint, you know, probably, you know, I, I know Levi a little bit. I wouldn't say like, like I have a good feeling for his situation. But my suspicion is that Levi really likes to lift weights, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, he coaches the Olympic lifting. Yeah. And he's regular CrossFit coaching. What I would really like to see from him, it's sort of interesting because the things that, that I would recommend for Levi are almost the exact opposite of what I would recommend for his mom, right? Um, and one of the big things for Levi is going to be to kind of push the, you know, Sarah always teases me about this, but kind of the long endurance side of things, really working on motor, really working on kind of getting in um, you know, one of the mistakes that I see a lot of people make is you have an hour to work out, right? And, you know, you're not necessarily conscious of, 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 you know, the calories outside of the time that you're working out. So maybe that gets to be less, you know, what I want him focused on is making sure that, you know, calorie burn overall tends to be higher and that we don't just kind of come in and, and moon rep max squat, you know, like every other day, right? <laughs> well, what we really want it is. Levi, Levi would never do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, you know, the one thing that you don't want to do in that situation. I mean, if you have, if you have a good, you know, tool in the toolbox, you, you want to make sure that you're using it fairly often. So we don't want to neglect the strength piece, but we got to focus on the recovery piece. We got to make sure, you know, one of the things that's real nice about. See, what we did there with carbohydrates, so, so to give you guys an example, um, if you're listening on the podcast or you're watching on Facebook. So in Levi's low day, you've got 175 carbs and 86 fats. That right there is a fat storage phenomenon for most people, right? We would not want them in that zone. Who can get away with that? CrossFit Games athletes. Who can get away with that? 22-year-old athletes, right? And the reason why they can get away with it is because their bodies can use fat as fuel easier. And so with, you know, as we sort of move him to a normalization way of doing things or kind of maintenance, we're going to close the gap. If you look at the difference between the um, carbs and fats on high and medium day compared to low days previously, we were at somewhere in the neighborhood of about 20 grams difference. So we, we were seeing a lot more variance and we saw his weight trend down. Now that we're moving to more of a recomp schedule, we're gonna try and get him from, you know, kind of 207, 206 to under 200. And the spread between his low days and high days is actually only 12 grams. Here's the big caveat, okay? What I think that a lot of people do is they don't focus on kind of the smaller pieces. And one of the things that I would like to say to Levi, and, and it's similar to what we were just talking about with Charlotte, is that I do want him to be eating a little bit more intuitive on his high volume days, right? I don't want him earning beer or earning Snickers, right? I want him really mm -hmm. focusing on, you know, kind of the aesthetic piece and kind of getting to, um, you know, building that motor, right? And once you once you build that motor, you know, when you look at the the people with the best physiques in in most gyms, it's typically the people that work the hardest and do the most amount of work, right? I mean, and I think that people aren't always honest with themselves about that. I'll tell you, I'm honest with it about it. You know, I've got a job that's relatively sedentary. It's not always easy for me to focus on getting in super volume. So, you know, am I going to be eight packed up? You know, the level of food that I would have to eat for that to happen is not something that I'm going to do. So am I going to sit at, 
you know, anywhere from, you know, 10 to 13% good majority of the time, I would say, yeah, you know, do I know the secret to get down to say, you know, nine to 7%? Yeah, it's actually more of what I'm telling Levi to do, right? Where, you know, you, your work piece is high and you're getting enough, you know, on that food piece. You know, we don't need to go super crazy, but we're gradually moving him up We'll see how his body responds, and then we'll keep making changes as we go. Paul, can you really quick revisit and clarify? Because I know that you know some of the people at the boxer are listening. Who you say it, why you would recommend the opposite for Levi's mom that you're telling Levi it, to do? Sorry, yeah, that work piece. Yeah. Um. So in the case of Levi's mom, you have sort of the opposite of of what a 22 year old person is available to do right she's got a, a job she's on her feet a fair amount and so her her you know neat is going to be pretty good is there any way that you can um pull up sheet? her yeah pull yep. up her sheet got it right here for you yep. so there there's there was an interesting comment of someone saying that I have a double chin. Um, you know, the interesting part about the double chin is that, you know, I do have loose skin. I can kind of show it to you on camera. And if you don't know, I used to weigh 230 pounds as I went down to 150 pounds. If you can look at me straight on, I mean, I'm almost a 50 year old guy, right? So if you look at me straight on, you'll see that, you know, um, I don't have the loose skin that you would see looking at me sideways. Obviously, I'm not looking directly at the camera. Now, I did end up um, just kind of blocking that because I don't need that kind of um, energy in my life, and I don't think it's productive to the conversation. But I do think it's interesting to talk about because, you know, when you lose 80 pounds, you're going to have loose skin. You know, you're going to have kind of these scenarios, right? And, you know, even when you look at kind of my torso at 10 to 13%, you know, it's kind of interesting as it relates to the internet. And I know, obviously, there's negative people on the internet. That's just is what it is, you know. Yeah. But when you talk about going from 45% body fat, right, to 10 to 13% body fat, I'd say that's pretty damn good, right? I mean, Amazing. going from 230 pounds to 150 pounds, um, was my body fat percentage lower? Sure, it was lower. Um, in that time, I've been able to put on 25 pounds of muscle. And, uh, you know, for me, I have a real good comfort level as it relates to what I like to do as it relates to work. You know, with, what happened when... I was 230 pounds, you know, you don't really have a good idea of what 9% would look like, right? And you don't think to yourself, you know, how you would feel. And so you sort of think, you know, that there'll be unicorns and rainbows and all this other type of stuff, you know, and you go through these periods where you're, you're eating a fair amount of food. I mean, that was a big piece of what I brought to the table, you know, a lot of people that are, are trying to lose weight, um, trying to lose fat, they, they opt for, you know, super restriction. And so what I brought to the table and, and the thing that we brought to the mainstream is the fact that that super restriction often lended people and it lended me for like 10 years to really more fat, right? A, a really kind of a, a not the best approach. As I started to put activity as a piece of my life, it really started to make a big difference for me. You know, when we talk about aging, you know, when we talk about being almost 50 years old, and when we talk about, you know, what it takes to, uh, you know, become fairly active, you know, I think it is, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit different than other people because when you are a somewhat public figure, um, you get 
an amount of negativity, you know, that is, you know, you just have to have a thick skin. Otherwise you just won't exist. Right. And I think for me, if you don't know that I lost 80 pounds, if you don't know that I gained 30, 35 pounds of muscle in that process, you know, mm-hmm. well then, you know, you might just go all dickhead on the internet. Right. Um, but, but let's be honest, you know, the struggles for aging athletes is not similar to what it would be like, you know, if I'm, you know, I don't know what this guy was like. I don't know who he is. You know, I'm sure he's Jack, like everybody else on the internet, right? I'm sure he's six packed up, you know, he's all vascular and such. Um, I think the reason why our message resonates with people is because the most folks really want health to be a high priority in their life. They want to feel like they can eat somewhat flexibly and they they really want activity to be kind of the 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 main piece, you know, that they, they want to be out with their family. They want to lift weights, you know. And I don't know, you know, I mean, maybe this guy deadlifts more than me. Maybe he back squats more than me. Um, you know, I'm sure pretty much, you know, everyone does, right? But you know, I never lifted a weight in my life. I did not have activity as a priority in my life at all, right? And when you look at how that happens and how you come back from that, I think you have to be realistic about the repercussions of that. Now, if I was relatively fit my whole life, maybe I'd have a little less loose skin, right? I mean, certainly when you see 80 pound swings, you're going to have a little bit more loose skin in that scenario. I think you need to be able to look in the mirror similar to the way that I look in the mirror and go, you know what? Coming from what I came from, I'm doing pretty damn good, you know? And if that doesn't appeal to you, well, maybe you're just in a different league than most of us are. The good majority of us, you know, being the general populace that just works out to stay relatively healthy, that has a certain amount of heart health, that, that lifts weights to kind of maintain and build a little muscle along the way, you know, we're not going to be six-hour gym people, you know, and we're not going to be super killing it. I mean, I think, you know, I was talking a little bit about this the other day when when I, you know, was talking about the idea as it relates to eat to perform and i have to tell you when i first started eat to perform i was a lot more active than i am now and i thought that that was going to be a super necessary piece for me to see a result because that was the only thing i knew well gosh you know i'm willing to work harder let's see how this works out what i found over time was you know, and, and the kind of the joke that we have, even though, you know, I do have abs, um, but, you know, I don't want abs that bad, right? And the, the idea is that I don't want to hurt myself to have abs. I don't want to work out four to five hours a day. What I want to do is I want to eat a reasonable amount of food. I want to eat like an adult. I want to have a moderate amount of protein, moderate amount of vegetables, you know, and then eat some things that I enjoy on occasion. And that's what I think we bring to the table. Now, you know, like I said, I don't know, maybe this dude's a boss, you know, but, you know, there ain't a lot of 50-year-old dudes eating 3,000 calories a day, enjoying themselves, and staying pretty lean. And I think the good majority of people, um, I stand as an example. I mean, if, if, the one thing that I always think is that when people look at kind of, you know, photoshopped images on the internet and stuff like this, they think to themselves, man, that would take a lot of work, right? I think a lot of people look at me and go, I could be that. <laughs> and 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 if if you look at that from the perspective of I'm comfortable in my own skin, I do what I want. I lift weights, I enjoy myself. I think that when I was super, you know, in the beginning, you know, um, I, I had this thought process as it relates to what it looked like to be fit and I wanted to get there as soon as possible. And now it's almost the reverse of that. 
you know, I really like to lift weights because I enjoy it. I want to make sure that my body looks, you know, a certain way. Um, but, you know, let's be real. 50-year-old man going to 50-year-old man. And if you were 230 pounds at one point, 250 pounds at one point, 350 pounds at one point, you're going to be dealing with some loose skin. That's just the way it is, you know. And so I hope that's helpful for people because I think that I think there's a I think there's a lot of people on the internet that that you know they they see optimum body composition or bust right and it doesn't need to be that way you can you can actually just go to the gym enjoy your workouts um, eat relatively flexibly and then be more patient when people ask me what would you do differently by far, not even close. I would have done it slower. I would have been more patient. I would have been a little bit more detailed as my approach goes. And it's sort of interesting, I think, one of the things that sort of surprises people is not how much I work out, but you know how my workouts tend to be much smarter and not necessarily always harder. And that sort of ends up being respectful of my age, my abilities. And, you know, it was kind of interesting the other day. I ended up working out, doing kind of a wide thing. And, uh, you know, immediately dealt with some overuse issues just from um, kind of pushing it a little bit harder than I probably would have without that environment. All the movements that I was doing are movements that I do on a regular basis. But when I'm able to do those sets and reps with rest, I tend to have a good, you know, a, a little bit better response. Now, I do like testing. I do like CrossFit from the standpoint of testing the the skills and muscle that I've earned along the way. But I think that, you know, when you look at the way that athletes train, Olympians, CrossFitters, whatever, there's so much work that sets and reps building muscle that people don't see behind the scenes that I think is is a big part of that story. All right, so let me get to Jeanette's trend sheet. Oh yeah, just wait Jeanette, yeah. What now, you're kind of breaking up a little bit. Why Jeanette, Cause, so we've got a fact of CrossFitters. Oh, I am, can yeah. you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm not sure how well that's gonna come across on the podcast or the Facebook, but let's hear it. Okay. Just with the you know variety of people, you've got a CrossFit box. Some people tend to do more lifting. Some people tend to do more you know CrossFit or more endurance work. So what what makes it different? Like Levi is supposed to be really pushing that envelope, whereas you know doing something that you don't want Jeanette to do so much of. Yeah. So what what makes the difference? Yeah. So so it's kind of interesting because as I'm. You know, looking at Jeanette's notes, um, her last notes that she had to me was, who's your mama? Uh, <laughs> oh, I actually, I actually did that to her sheet. Oh, did you? Okay. The, um, but no, it, it's sort of funny because Jeanette messages me fairly often. Um, and, and sort of the relationship that we have is that, you know, I, I walk her through kind of like these, these weight changes and such. And the big thing with Jeanette is to get calories up. She's sort of the reverse Levi. Levi, as an example, you know, he's a 22 years old guy. You know, he wants to eat all the food. He wants to do all the things. Jeanette sort of wants to do all the things, um, but she's maybe a little bit scared to um, get that calorie piece up. And I would say that what Jeanette um, struggles with the, the most is that you kind of always have this kind of safe spot where you know, okay, this works. It sucks, but this works, right? And that might be low carb for some people, that might be low fat for some people. And so what we've tried to do with Jeanette is get enough variance on both the fat sides and the carb side, you know, so we can kind of get those calories up so we can eventually cut. The problem that you run into when you're eating 1,100 calories, 1,200 calories, and, and we have we have a number of days here where, um, you know, like here's a great example. Okay, so on the third, 
you know, it's obviously the day before the 4th of July. Everyone's kind of loosening things up a little bit. You know, she ends up eating 2,000 calories. Um, loved virtually everything she did on that day. Weight goes up 0.8. What do you do in that situation, right? Do you panic? Do you then, you know, go much lower the next couple of days? Well, how would we know if we could actually get back to a similar weight, sort of pushing the carbohydrates and volume side of things, right? So when, when I was talking to Levi and I said, hey, as we add these calories up, we want to make sure that the volume and work piece is there. That's similar to Jeanette, but if I was Jeanette, I would be lacking in energy a lot, you know? Um, and I think that there's a lot of people, it's really similar to the conversation that I was having as, as you know, a 47-year-old man, almost 48. You know, the window that her son has is gigantic, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got all the testosterone. I mean, he's got so much testosterone. Hollywood stars pay $100,000 a month for that kind of stuff, right? You don't have that forever, right? You don't have those advantages. And so what happens then is you have kind of a constricting window and it becomes much harder in that process. I mean, if you were to ask me, you know, what I would say to a 16-year-old athlete or whatever is really focus on kind of the work capacity side of things, eat an adequate amount of food for what you're doing, and really be conscious of scale weight, you know, um, that you're not seeing these big, huge spikes, you know, because it's not the five pounds that tends to be a problem for most people. It's when they you know, eat in an unrestricted way, and then you've got the freshman 15, freshman 20, whatever it ends up being, and then, you know, you're, you're just constantly in these dieting cycles, and I think that that's a little bit of, of, that certainly was part of my story, you know, and I think a lot of women can relate to that as well, just from, you know, the people that we talk to on a daily basis, so the goal for me as it relates to Jeanette is really encapsulated from 7.3 to 7.4. When our weight goes up, we can't necessarily just go, oh my God, low day, right? Um, now, she did have um, what she marked down as, as a high day um, is kind of medium calories. And what was interesting about it is, is that it was favorable. Her weight actually did go down in that scenario. Now, the calories weren't, super super aggressive but what i think Jeanette needs to see in that scenario is that she didn't have to get you know 1300 calories or 1200 or 1100 calories right. to see the result that she wanted to do i think what happens for a lot of folks is they put the cart before the horse to where they want to see a result we're seeing a steady little weight trend down so in the case of levi as an example in a couple weeks we saw you know, seven pounds down. We don't really want to see that in Jeanette's scenario, right? If anything, what we want to see is gradually weight going down as calories are going up. And then you go, well, how does that happen? You know, how do you get there without a deficit? Well, I would say that you are actually getting a deficit because you have more energy, you're sleeping better, and your work is more efficient, you're recovering better and all these different kinds of things. Then once we have those calories back up, we're actually, you know, you know, putting a little bit of smarter also with the harder. Now all of a sudden we can do some real work, we can look at another deficit, but you know, if we can kind of get away from, and I know like one of the things that a big piece for Jeanette is a big piece for many of us that we struggle with the um, preparation side of things, right? And, you know, you know, meal prep, things of that nature isn't always a priority. You know, in the case of Levi, you know, if he's eating 3,500 calories, he can just go to Chipotle three times a day and he's good, right? In the case, in the case of Jeanette, you know, we want to have a good mix of protein. We want to make sure that we're having a lot of whole foods in that process. 
and then you know we're having you know some moments of joy but clearly the window is going to be a little bit smarter until we get those calories up i think that that if you ask me you know i think Jeanette probably works out at 55 to 65 percent the good majority of the time you know knowing Jeanette, i know that mentally she is just a wildebeest i mean just you know yeah. she has that you know but you have to somewhat get past that piece right and start to kind of think okay what's the long-term goal for me and if the long-term goal is fat loss right and if we're looking at trying to get to a deficit it's very difficult to do that with a thousand calories and so that's the argument for you know better recovery better sleep more preparation and i know that that can be a little frustrating if you have a fair amount of fat to use the only problem is there's no other option right i i can only tell you the only truth i know and the only truth that i know is is that the more aggressive that you get over time you don't always see super positives so is Joanna the last one? Because I did see some other conversations that we yeah. were having. Joanna and Liz Kenny. Okay, so I'm gonna try and roll through those. And Joanna had a specific um, question actually here. All right. And what uh, is that? Okay, so she's saying I'm concerned with the fact that I saw an eight-pound weight gain over June. Yep. More like four pounds gain now since I've been more conscious of sugar and alcohol intake. Doing strong lists three to four times a week, yoga one to two times a week. Is her fat level too high or should she add in some cardio? Um I would say, you know, looking at her fats, we can we can definitely make some adjustments. Um the goal here is obviously to try and see a trend. We did see a really good trend. Um you know, as we were sort of starting off, kind of stabilizing things of that nature. So what I'm going to do, um, and actually I'm going to, for once, Sarah, I'm going to cut and paste her plan. Yeah, yep. Believe it or not. Um, proud of you. And I'm not going to be super aggressive, but, you know, we're definitely going to be looking to get, you know, some things moving so i i am you know going to take a little bit of the fats away um you're getting fat burglar we can yeah. we can have her you know do uh what i would do if i was in joanna's case um let me let me just mark down the dates here hold on one second i know that makes for an amazing podcast but um it's helpful for our accounting um, here need to perform and so the other coaches when they look at these plans later on they they know how to make an adjustment easier the I would really use kind of that high as one day a week until we start to see like that trend going down um, the you know eight pounds that certainly um, you know, what Joanne is really talking about is sort of the same thing that a lot of us are dealing with at the moment, right? You know, you go around a holiday and your weight's going to spike up as you have more sugar right. and alcohol. How do you deal with that? Well, you know, I did a video on that the other day where I talked a little bit more about um, just making sure that... Uh, you know, you focus a little bit more on whole foods in that scenario. Um, I would probably, you know, hold off on a high day for a little bit, right? Really focus a little bit more on kind of the medium days. Um, seen one low day recently. Let me take a look at, at her low day. I'd like to see the low day as we're um, putting it in the plan. And I think okay. that you'll see a little bit better result. What what I'm seeing, like as an example, on the fourth, and I know once again, you know, it's a little hard to sort of avoid things on moments like that. And if you look at the second, she was able to have kind of a low day. Here's a the big trend that I'm seeing with Joanna that I think is really stopping her the most. 
when you know she's really focusing more on the calorie piece and not necessarily the partitioning piece i'd still like the calories to be reasonable right but you know when we have kind of middling carbs and and high fats you're really looking at a scenario that's not going to be great unless you have a huge work capacity, unless you're, you know, kind of similar to what we were talking about with Charlotte. You know, Charlotte can get away with 409 grams of carbs and 90 grams of fat because, you know, the amount of work that she's doing justifies that. I think the, the good majority of mere mortals like me, you know, we need to kind of partition things a little bit more so we don't see kind of these weight spikes up you know, and so that's the changes that I made to her plan as we're talking. But what I'd like to see from you, Joanna, is to do, you know, the medium days as I'm putting them out there, where you're having 227 grams of carbs and you're trying to keep your, your fats to a reasonable level, the way that I prescribed it. You know, you've only had a couple days recently where it would have been similar to that. I think the good majority of the time you're fats are creeping up and your carbs aren't high enough on the days that you're working out to really get that good energy you know and and what's interesting about when we talk about carbohydrates in general people tend to focus on that we're really talking about a moderate amount of carbohydrates 225 grams of carbohydrates is you know a very moderate amount for someone that is you know an active individual female 31 you know five five you know so so we're not talking about super extremes here but we definitely want to keep an eye on this we want to see weight sort of trending down and i think we will with you know kind of these these new adjustments yeah. but it but it really is incumbent upon people to kind of follow the plan right it's not just Here's my plan. I think a lot of people, we were talking about this um, in, in a staff meeting recently where I think some people get their plan and get kind of almost excited as if like the plan happens by accident, right? It's really, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really kind of like focusing on, uh, you know, how to get that, um, you know, plan in place and, you know, as an example, if your if your fats are going up, which you know doesn't happen all that often, but certainly happens for some of our you know our bigger you know our, our bigger work capacity type folks, um, you got to plan for that. You know, same thing with the carbohydrates. Stay ready. Yeah, if you're always stuck at one thirty four, one ninety three, one forty five, you know, um, I mean, yeah, you know, you can go to three forty seven on carbs on an unplanned day, right? But how do you get to 225 planning it, right? And there are examples where Joanna did that well. And I'd just like to see a little bit more consistency from, from that standpoint. And so I think we will awesome. see what she wants to see moving forward. So, so yes, I do. I have all the time in the world. Me too. Yeah. So is the okay. Here we go. This is Liz. This Kenny, I'm sorry. All right. So for Liz, okay, so she's been tracking. We've got about a month in the books here. And we've got a plan. Sort of I want to take a look and see. Shoot, what happened? Uh, her sheet. She's got one of the new sheets, and she's moved the tabs around at the bottom. So. Oh yes, yeah. I yeah. forgot to tell you. I could. I didn't understand it either when I opened it up. Yeah. Um, the fact that you know her weight is relatively stable and sort of trending down the good majority of the time. Obviously, she's had the Fourth of July bump you know, that a lot of us have had, you know, um, we had seen roughly six pounds of weight loss. And then obviously, um, last couple days, things are sort of drifting up, you know, probably water, sodium, things of that nature. So we'll try and take a look at that. I'm not necessarily going to go, oh, the 4th of July, we're going to make mad, you know, major adjustments. I think that that's one of the things that people do that actually derails their eventual success, right? 
one of the things that that I see with Liz is that her calories um, do tend to go up. I like that. Um, one of the examples, though, that I would like to see done a little bit better. And once again, you know, I get you know where we're coming from. You know, it's a holiday. You're going to eat a little bit more freely, and so don't take this as an overall criticism because in general, as I'm looking through her last month of activity, she doesn't have a whole lot of back-to-back -back days where her calories tend to be a little bit higher. One thing I would say though is, you know, she'd probably be a little bit better off having a higher day. And I think, you know, similar to what she did on the second where her calories were 2438, carbs were high, fats were somewhat reasonable. I actually don't mind that for people you know, maybe once a week, once every 10 days, depending on whether or not they're seeing good success. You know, if you look at her overall weight trend down, you know, a lot of the times that little spike up will sort of kind of reset everything to kind of allow for a little better adherence as we go. But then the next day, okay, she's sort of similar as it relates to calories. Carbs are higher, fats are higher, and then weight starts to go up. One of the things I've been saying a lot on the page that I think is important for people to hear is that um, most people don't have a carb problem. They don't have a fat problem. They have a carbs and fat problem, right? So when they have carbs and fats together, that is really kind of the formula for fat storage, weight gain, sodium's higher, right? You know, it's sausage day, you know, on on yeah. on the 4th of July. You know, I get it, you know. Um, what we're seeing with Liz is that when she does the plan, you know, things work out well. I like the fact that her carbs are fairly uh, high when her fats are low. That's good. Um, I look at something like the 23rd where her carbs were lower and her fats were higher. What I refer to that day is, is steak and dark chocolate day, right? So if I'm resting, I don't need a whole lot of carbohydrates. So I tend to focus a little bit more on fat consumption. And, and those tend to be the things that I eat because that's what I enjoy in that process. While she's not necessarily seeing huge weight jumps down, she's also not seeing spikes up, right? And if activity is low, like in that example, um, that was a rest day, for her weight to not spike up in that scenario, I think is a good thing, right? And, you know, we saw sort of trends down, you know, three days previous to that, she had a similar steak and dark chocolate day, and we saw roughly three pounds, you know, go down, some of that's obviously water retention, but she actually was able to kind of continue with that streak. You know, um, the 21st, she was 197. The 22nd, she was 196. So she was able to kind of keep things going as she was keeping her fats relatively low on carbohydrates day and then the opposite on the days that she was resting. So that's what I really like to see. I do want to make a few adjustments just so we, um, just so the room for error, you know, um, is probably kind of restricted a little bit more. Um, yeah. What I'm doing, I didn't, I, of course, I, I bragged about the fact that, you know, I did um, make the change earlier and I didn't make it this time. But, one of the things that I'm doing on our trend sheet, if you're listening to the podcast um, or watching on Facebook, so I changed her fats from 61 to 59. And you go, well, why would you do that? That's only two grams difference. How's that going to make a difference for her as a client? Well, what I'm really saying to her is that I want to see you under 60 grams on the days that you're having carbohydrates, right? That's obviously the yeah. focus there. What I think a lot of people do is they give themselves permission. We always say to people, you know, if you're within five grams, you're fine. The problem is, is that sometimes at five grams, and I talked about this a little bit the other day where um, I ended up having cod for dinner, 
had my macros all planned out and then my wife was like oh yeah it has like this butters and caper sauce you know so that ended up <laughs> that ended up adding you know 10 to 12 grams of fat um in in that process so um you want to sort of kind of keep things you know to a reasonable level what i did in that scenario was just i adjusted the the very next day and just had a little bit lower fats on that day um you don't necessarily need to sometimes your weight will be fine and it's no big deal but in my instance um i did try to kind of make that adjustment so when we show somebody 59 what we're really trying to say to them is stay under 60 and that's going to be helpful did something similar with her low day um her low day we had at 81 now we moved it to 74 really trying to say to her you know let's really focus on keeping those fats a little bit higher since your carbohydrates are going to be lower in that scenario one thing that i would say to liz that i think would make a gigantic difference especially on the days where um her you know her fats are a little bit higher like that is to add some low intensity work and usually what you'll see is weight will go down a little bit and uh you know on a normal rest day even without low intensity work but then all of a sudden you add in some low intensity work and you see probably you know just as an example if you were netting out to about even which you know we showed a little bit earlier now maybe you're down pound pound and a half right and that can make big differences long term when the goal is obviously fat loss over time so anything i missed there sir before we shut things down no that's it um we did have one more but i can just make sure that we get a, a review yeah let's do that because obviously this okay. you know from a podcast standpoint this is sort of going long and and my yeah. brain sort of gets fried after a certain period of time so all right, guys, I appreciate everybody listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye now. Bye, guys.